Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to We Get Results. It's Tuesday, February 27th, 2018, and I'm your host, Mary Singer Albertson. This is just a short intro to today's show, which is a rebroadcast from last month. It's a very it's a very important topic which still needs to be addressed. So I wanted more people to be able to hear the message and take action. So the best today's topic is global education. The best way to support women and girls is to make education a priority. The time for denying girls an education should be over. Bono has said Making education a priority is a way of making equality a priority. Denying girls an education is the same as holding them back. So the action at the end of this program from last month is to call your senators and ask them to support global education by co-sponsoring Senate Resolution 286 for the GPE, which is the Global Partnership for Education. Uh, the action information begins around 30 minutes into the show if you wanted to go, you know, that far back to find out the information on what to do. Um, and so far, we have over 100 co-sponsors in the House resolution, uh, with 28 of them Republican. Um, so now we need senators. We especially need senators now. And the GPE is one way to help a huge crisis in education worldwide. So step out and be bold. Listen to Ken Patterson at the end of the show to hear what to do. It's so easy. It will only take you a few minutes, and it does make a difference. We know it makes a difference. So add to the action at the end of the show, just a little bit more, um, the funding request for the upcoming year 2019 spending bill. We need to make sure that the GPE is fully funded and also global basic education. So you can ask your members of Congress, we'll talk to senators now, you ask your senators to speak or write to the chair of foreign ops in support of robust global basic education funding for the Global Partnership for Education, uh, and those are for the physical year 2019. Let's do all we can to educate all children, especially girls. Be the change you want to see. And I think I didn't mention the, uh, uh, the chair and the um, ranking member of the committee was uh, that they would call or write to us, Hal Rogers and Nita Lowy. So let's do it. You can do it. Believe me, this takes a couple of minutes. Uh, be the change you want to see in the world. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the broadcast with Ken Patterson, who is one of the great staffers at Results, and we'll talk to you all about what's happening with education. And um, so thanks for listening. Join me Tuesday, March 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern for the next show, and um, blessings to everyone. Have a good month. Take care. Bye. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to We Get Results. It's Tuesday, January 23rd, 2018, and I'm your host, Mary Singer Albertson. If you haven't joined me before, my program airs the fourth Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Eastern and is archived for later listening. The purpose of We Get Results is to inform listeners of, of ways that they can get involved and make a difference in the U.S. and globally. 
So we want to be the change that we want to see in the world. And one of the best ways I've found for one person to make a difference is uh, taking action through the results organization. Results is a volunteer citizens lobby, creating the political will to end hunger and poverty in the U.S. and globally. You can check it out at www.results.org. Our groups meet with members of Congress in their districts and in D.C. Uh, once a year at our international conference. So we can be an advocate for people who have no voice. And we need to not stop with online activism by signing petitions, et cetera. Um, we need to go deeper than that. Find an organization that works on the issues that you're passionate about and needs you. So today, my guest is Ken Patterson. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ken. Um, he's the director of Global Grassroots Advocacy for Results U.S., he joined Results staff in June of 05 after several years as a volunteer. As director, he provides coaching, training, and support to a network of over 80 Results globally focused chapters around the U.S. He also works with the Results International Expansion Team to share the Results Advocacy model with international partners. Um, prior to Results, he worked as an organizational development consultant with clients like the Peace Corps, Salvation Army, Aid to Artisans, and others. He graduated with a master's degree in organizational change management, and he has five years' experience in urban economic development. He has over seven years of international development experience working with the Peace Corps in West Africa as a volunteer, a training consultant, and the associate director for agriculture and training manager. Um, he also has an MA in Higher Education Administration and a BA in English, and um, he's always just a wonderful help to all of us that are the volunteers. Um, I wanted to uh, say that uh, we just really thank Ken for being with us today, and uh, Ken, can you hear me? I can definitely hear you, Mary. It's really nice to be with you today. Okay, thanks so much for being here. We, um, your knowledge and your expertise in all these of our issues are invaluable to results volunteers, and um, you've helped me so many times. I really appreciate you, and um, you're helping people all over the U.S., and um, so today maybe you could start by telling a little bit more about results and then we'll focus in on the Global Partnership for Education, why it's important right now in the next few weeks, act and action people can take. So why don't you go ahead and tell people what you think they might need to know. Well, uh, thanks again, Mary. So Results is a, a committed a group of, of passionate people really working to create a movement and poverty. And uh, we do this in ways that um, seem kind of normal, but that most people are not doing. And, and that is, as you kind of talked about at the beginning here, uh, developing relationships with our elected officials and really educating them and moving them, influencing them to take action on issues that um, affect people living in poverty. And we do that uh, for issues that are important to people in the United States who are living in poverty and also to people around the world who are living in poverty. And uh, the three big areas that we focus our energies on, because they seem to have the biggest sort of root um, causes and also solutions to poverty, are in, in, in health, 
education and economic opportunity. And mm-hmm. um, and right now, um, I mean, we're, we're doing a lot of focusing on education, but um, if it's helpful, I could also just say a little bit about, like, how I think this influence has, has mattered. Would that be helpful? No, that'd be great. Yeah, so I, I just I want to use the example of this past year, 2017. Um, Result has been working, uh, and I work on our global campaigns, as you know, Mary, but, uh, you know, the president, the new president uh, came into office um, proposing 32 to 37% cuts on all of our um, international development uh, assistance mm-hmm. and our foreign, foreign assistance programs, essentially. And that includes all of those that are really, um, that, that results advocates for and that um, are affecting people living in poverty. And, you know, so with a Republican president, Republican House, Republican Senate, we had some pretty serious concerns about what was going to happen in 2017. And, you know, Thanks to the amazing work of Results Advocates and, and partner organizations, and to um, and to long-term relationship building that Results has done over time, the Republican Congress took that request from the president, looked at it, and essentially just said no. Um, you know, and through uh, 686 meetings with members of Congress and our staff and media and all that, Results volunteers were able to protect. Um, global health, global education uh, programs that are really uh, supporting folks and and helping folks um, living in the poorest circumstances around the planet. So um, this stuff does really work, and and we are all capable of doing it. It's, you know, some of the actions that results folks take at first are a little, you know, make your palms sweaty maybe and give you the willies a bit, but they, they actually do work and they do make a difference with our elected officials, Republican and Democrat. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one thing I always, at the, at the very beginning, because I've been doing this since about 2004, um, was um, when they mentioned the word lobbyist. And that always sort of made me, you know, uh, kind of feel like I was a little nervous about it. But when I found out that lobbying was just letting your elected officials that you have put there and voted for know what's important to you and what you think is the best way to use the uh, money that we fund for um, the U.S. and for global for, for these um, uh, special areas that really need help. You know, there are lots, very many of them are very happy to see us. Um, I just got a, a uh, letter back from, or an email back from uh, Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence's aide that said, thank you for always alerting us to what's going on. She's going to sign on to the uh, GPE resolution in the House, and we really appreciate you. So there's, you know, once you get formed those um, bonds with the staff and with the congressperson, uh, they really appreciate knowing what's coming up because there's so much on their docket that they have to do. So I was pleased to get that. And um, um, what else would you like to let people know? Um, uh, specifically about results or like kind of what they can be doing right now or what we're working on, what would be helpful? Well, what uh, anything else about results that would give people an idea of how um, how kind of great it is to to find a group, and if you don't have a group in your city, how you can still be involved and and um, then go on to the global partnership. That sounds great. Yeah, it's and so uh, results is 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 organized into a chapter structure, and as you mentioned in the bio there. 
you know, we've got about uh, over 80 chapters around the United States working on um, our global poverty issues right now. And there's, there's space for everybody to participate in results. And it could be being part of a, one of those 80-plus uh, chapters. If there's not a chapter in your community contacting results, um, you can contact me directly if you'd like to at kpatterson at results.org. Um, or I can give you a phone number. It's 828-398-4562. We can help you get a chapter started in your community. And... Um, and then you can also, if there's not something going on in your community yet, we can get you started taking actions, meaningful actions, things that make a difference right away um, through our free agent program where we're supporting individuals who are living in communities uh, who, who don't have chapters yet but still want to make a difference. We also have, um, you know, online advocacy that, that uh, we, we do offer to folks. But I have to tell, tell the listeners that, you know, the online advocacy is, is, is good and it's, it's, it contributes but it's not the sort of deep advocacy that most of our advocates are doing that that has the greatest impact. Um, and, and, and the things that have the greatest impact are things like um, meeting with uh, members of Congress and their staff members in person in your communities. And another one that mm -hmm. might be surprising to people is actually the idea of writing personalized letters. So there mm -hmm. are lots of opportunities online to click take click actions you know, that where everybody's sending the same notes and letters to your members of Congress, but the personalized ones where you share why you care about something and maybe even some sort of story related to, to that, those are the ones that they actually read and, and, um, and really have an influence on our elected officials because they know there's a person behind who took the time to think and write. So um, mm -hmm. there's room for everybody to be involved, and it's really what everybody should be doing in our democracy. Um, you know, like you mentioned, the idea of lobbyists, um, we should all be lobbyists, and, and it, the problem is when we think about lobbyists, we think about the ones who are paid, you know, thousands, maybe perhaps millions of dollars sometimes to represent interests. And the only reason that they have the influence that they do is because there's not enough of us, the voters, the hires and fires of our members of Congress, uh, doing the lobbying um, as constituents. And, and so if, you know, if more of us were involved, those paid lobbyists would have much less influence because they typically are not people who are voting, and so, uh, or at least mm -hmm. in voting in districts. So this is a, and, and this is a, this is a time of change. A lot of people are trying to figure out how to make a difference. They're, they decided it's time to get up and do something, and um, and they're and they're struggling. A lot of folks are struggling to figure out what that should be that would actually be meaningful. And I just guarantee anybody mm -hmm. who gets involved with results is going to find. Um, really meaningful action, actions that do make a difference that they can take. It's going to take a little bit of learning, and, and, and all the results provide that. Well, and I think also, you know, you've got uh, calls uh, for new people to to listen to, to hear all about what, what it's all about and what they can do, right? Absolutely. Um, if, if folks just go to the results website at uh, www.results.org, um, and if you look at our events calendar, you can see um, it's under the news tab there, but you can find uh, introduction to results calls um, where you can get on the line with somebody, a uh, staff member, talk about what results is, uh, talk about your interests, and, and talk about getting started um, with taking meaningful actions. Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, this year we've really seen, and maybe you can talk about, you know, how, 
how much has happened with articles that that uh, results volunteers have done letters to the editor and op-eds, um, especially for the global partnership we're going to talk about. But I know there's like hundreds or you know what the, the amounts have been. I think I saw somewhere it might have said 232 media hits in 49 states. Is that right or is that an old one? Yeah, so that's, that statistic um, applies directly to the Global Partnership for Education campaign. So, yeah. mm -hmm. so we've, got, we've generated media in 49 states. We're hoping to get the 50th state, Louisiana, here soon. So if anybody wants to write a letter to the editor or get published in Louisiana, let me know, and I'd love to support you in doing that. That's our last state on the Global Partnership for Education campaign. But 2017... Our advocates, uh, are just on the global poverty issues, this is not even counting our U.S. poverty campaigns, but um, our advocates uh, generated 447 pieces of, of media around the United States uh, on these issues. And, you know, most recently that stack of uh, media that you mentioned around the Global Partnership for Education, I think 229 pieces, our staff members printed that whole pile out, and then they've been meeting in Washington with various officials who are going to affect that global education program, dropping a stack of media on top of their desks and and the looks on their faces and 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 their the the references to the media and all that stuff has been impressive. That stuff has an impact to, to know that there are people out in the country like you and I talking to our members of the media, writing to them, getting things published in our communities mm -hmm. has a huge impact. Yeah, and all the all the offices seem to have a connection to any media, and especially if it has their congressperson's, their boss's name in it, they just get it immediately. We knew there was one that even one day, I think, in Illinois, they had had a piece published in, in, in the same day or the next day in California, and I think maybe Barbara Boxer's office, uh, they had the media piece already, you know, and uh, so they're really watching you know, for that type of thing. And um, I think that, you know, people might think it's a little bit harder than it really is to do, especially a letter to the editor that's very short. And um, I have a couple of them here that people have written. I don't know if now would be a good time to read those or wait till after we're done with the global partnership, maybe. Um, I, I was just going to say, just on the letters, Mary, and I think it's fine if you uh, you want to read one, um, you know, before we we talk about this, or we could talk about the GTE okay. first one that works. But I just want to note on the letters to the editor, um, we recently had one of our volunteers from uh, from the Philadelphia area area, David Ehrenkrantz, wrote to a very local local paper. This is not a, a Philadelphia Inquirer or anything like that, but really a community paper. Um, asking, you know, uh, talking to, about this global education issue, asking his member of Congress to co-sponsor the, uh, the Global Partnership for Education resolution that we're working on um, by name, uh, Representative David Bratt. And then um, in, in, uh, soon after that letter was published, there, another letter appeared in that same newspaper, and it was, it was really interesting. I've never seen anything like this, but it was – it was, a, it was a letter addressed directly to our, the results volunteer. It said, Dear Mr. Oh. Aaron Krantz. And, and then he responded about, he said, thank you for writing your letter about this and these issues of you know, global education and global poverty because they really matter. They affect how our country um, shows up in the world. They affect our national security. Mm -hmm. They affect our economy. 
and he directly addressed the letter to the advocate um, in response to that, and then the paper printed that letter. So they read that stuff, even oh. in the most local papers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that, you know, works out really well. Um, yeah, read it. Why don't you read a letter, I, Mary? That'd be great. Okay. All right. I'll read this letter because I think uh, most people have heard of Malala Yousafzai, and uh, this is, mentions her in that. This was in the Detroit Free Press by Tony Hamilton, and it says, In this never-ending news cycle, most people probably miss the news that Nobel laureate Malala Yousafzai just graduated from high school. Malala risked her life for the chance to go to school. As she says, one child, one teacher, one book, one pen can change the world. A staggering 263 million children and youth are out of school globally. It doesn't have to be this way, and now the Global Partnership for Education is launching a new plan to give millions more kids the education that is their fundamental right. But that plan requires resources to make it a reality. I hope we can count on our representatives in Congress to help make sure the U.S. shows leadership in education from Tony Hamilton. So I thought that was good because it mentioned Malala, who everyone's pretty much um, familiar with and knows the sacrifices and the injuries that she had and how she had to come back from all those injuries and, and uh, just has worked for education for all, especially for girls. So... Um, mm-hmm. That's one of those, and I think um, um, so. The media nationwide has, call, has called for a commitment to the GPE, and um, you know I think all those articles are amazing, and it's amazing on how many of them they will publish. So try it, everyone. It's really a fun thing to do, and you feel really proud of yourself when you do it. I also had um, a representative from Senator Gary Peters' office from Michigan that just wrote me back because he signed on to the, was signing on to the Senate uh, resolution for the GPE, and he said, we have treasured your friendship all these years. You always let us know what needs to be done, and we appreciate you, and it went on from there. But So I was thrilled with that. You know, that's even from the senator's office, and, and, uh, and he's a great man, and uh, many, many of them have done things that we've asked them to do that have helped people who need a hand up. So that's another example. So do you want to um, talk now a little bit uh, about the GPE, Global Partnership for Education, and tell people what they need to know about it? Absolutely, Mary. I'd love to do that. And and thanks for sharing that letter. It was really great. I think that, you know, having the the call to action at the end, a a specific call to action is really important, all those things. And Mm -hmm. and you, you over and over, members of Congress thank our volunteers, uh, our advocates, for keeping them informed and being persistent as well. Mm-hmm. To stay with West, so, so thanks for sharing. Yeah, and that. I think you know another thing that someone said, one of them said to us when we were in D.C. because I, you know, we can talk a little bit about the Glo- the international conference last year. Uh, our results group, Detroit Area Results Group, saw every Michigan congressional office in two weeks, two weeks, two two days, which was 16 meetings in two days. And sometimes they'll say stuff like, you know, you elected us and then you abandon us. We don't even know what you want. Not that they all want to know all the time what we want, but what they do want to know and uh, what matters to us. And I think if we don't let them know what matters to us, then they're going to do what matters 
to them. So we really, as people who can hire and fire them, need to let them know what's important and why, and uh, lots of times they'll respond to that. So. That's great, Mary. So let's let's talk let's talk about education a little bit. So some folks might be wondering. So why are we talking about global education? And um, so I, I wanted to just have folks just imagine for a second, you know, just imagine for one second what it might be like not to be able to read. And um, mm -hmm. really imagine that. And and you know, as I started to think about that for myself, I said. I tried to think about what my life would look like. I, I just I thought, well, you know, I spend my entire days in words and reading and writing and communication. It's essential to my job. I wouldn't have my job. I thought about, you know, driving and, and the maps and the signs that I have to be able to read. Um, I mm -hmm. thought about even how to eat and, you know, needing to read menus and, and all that. I, I have a friend named Hamidou who visited us in the United States from Niger where I was a Peace Corps volunteer. And he, when he was alone and he didn't have anybody with him, Hamidou couldn't read. And so basically what he would do is he would just order chicken because that's all he could he knew knew to order because he couldn't read the menu. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then, we, you know, we plan for our futures and our retirement accounts and uh, sign on to legal agreements for, you know, uh, mortgages and all sorts of things. Again, there's just so many things that we would not be able to do without reading and there's, that yeah. was just a shock, shocking statistic is that, you know, just women, I'm just talking about just women right now, there are 500 mm -hmm. million women who can't read right now. 500 million women who can't oh. read. Right now. And mm -hmm. so you think how, how do, and, and that's not even talking about the, the men at that point, but this 500 million women who cannot read, think about how that stifles their opportunities for the future and, and, what they could be doing with their lives if they if they knew just even how to read. Um, and mm -hmm. then, you know, the idea of education, you know, it, it, you know, talking about education and, and why it's so important. Like uh, Mark Dybul, he was the former executive director of the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, and Malaria. He was on our national webinar um, in, a couple of weeks ago. But he said, you know, so imagine, you know, a number of years from now, we get the population of the planet that's supposed to double, and that you've got literally mm -hmm. billions of people who cannot read or write, are not educated. In the meantime, the rest of the world is zooming by with technologies and, and everything else. And so then you've got, imagine having a planet with that many more billions of people that just don't have any opportunity or future because they don't have a basic education. You know, not only is it, right. you know, the question, what is life for them going to be like? But what is life for us going to be like as in our own country when there are that many people in the world that, you know, can't take advantage of their gifts? So mm -hmm. one of the big reasons that we talk about education and, and, and really that education also is really the, probably the most complete remedy for a, a, a systemic adversity that faces girls and women around the world. Um, education is one mm -hmm. of the most powerful tools we have, and it's a transformational um, um, thing for, for, for girls and women. For example, you know, uh, girls and women who are educated, they're actually healthier. They know how to better take care of themselves. They, they marry later in life. They have fewer kids. They have healthier kids. Um, they earn mm -hmm. more. You know, for each year of education that they have, their lifetime earnings will go up by about 12%. 
um, they participate more in government. Um, they're less likely to contract HIV AIDS. And then if you want to look at it at a bigger scale, if you just close the gender gap in education, meaning that there is the same number of uh, boys and girls in school, that economies around the world could generate an additional 112 to 152 billion dollars for their economies um, just by mm-hmm. having gender parity. So, so education is is the social vaccine they call it, and and it is the thing that um, really could could really address to a population an opportunity and even things like population um, in, in the best possible way. So the, the way that results is working on getting education delivered to everybody, make sure everybody has an opportunity to go to school is, one, we do that through our support to um, direct support to government partners around the world where they're struggling to get all the kids in school. But another big way that we do this is by supporting an organization called Global Partnership for Education. And what the mm-hmm. Global Partnership education does is they work directly with with countries um, and they they convene all of the stakeholders in those countries who have a have something to do with education and that's that includes the government that includes teachers that includes parents that includes other nonprofit organizations and, and community entities and they come together to form a national education plan that would offer basically everybody in the country an opportunity to go to school, all the kids in the country to an opportunity to go to school. And then they work on really delivering on that plan. And then um, in order for the Global Partnership for Education to work with a the country, they say, and GPE is the abbreviation for that, GPE will say to the country, we're happy to work with you. We want to help you meet your goal of having everybody be educated, but we need to know that you are invested in this. And so, you know, if you we're going to work mm-hmm. with you, we, on your side of things, you need to commit at least 20% of your national budget to education. And, okay. and that's, a, that's a huge number. So they're asking those countries to commit 20% of their budgets. And then GPE says, in turn, what we'll do is we'll help you form this plan. We'll provide technical assistance. We will, um, and then we will help you try to fill funding gaps that you have. After that 20%, there may, there's still some things you may not be able to fund. We'll try to help you fill those that funding gap. And so that's what the Global Partnership for Education does with 60 countries, and now we'll be moving up towards 80 to 89 countries and trying to make that happen in the coming years. And so results really supports what the Global Partnership for Education is doing. They've got a great track record. And part of the way that we support it is actually getting the United States to help contribute to that gap fund that the Global Partnership for Education is trying to raise. So uh-huh. on February 2nd, on February 2nd, this coming uh, month, they're going to be convening a conference in Dakar, Senegal, and they're going to try to raise $3.1 billion from all of the world's donor sources, foundations, governments, and all that. And we want the United States to show up there and make our commitment known. And so the way that we've sort of driven the U.S. side of this is that we want Congress to show support for the Global Partnership for Education um, and so that the administration, the Trump administration, will show up in Dakar on February 2nd um, positively and in support of the Global Partnership for Education, ideally making some sort of a pledge toward that, um, some U.S. part for that uh, $3.1 billion. And um, Mm -hmm. and what, what we've done, one of the vehicles that we've used 
is, um, is a congressional resolution. And, and we've got one in the House and one in the Senate. The resolutions are not, uh, they're not bills, but they're, they're, they're resolutions that say, we believe in this essentially. And then we're asking our representatives and senators to sign on to that. And basically it says we believe in, we understand that there's a huge crisis in global education um, and we wanna be involved in solving it. And the Global Partnership for Education is one good way to, to address this and we support the GPE. And then um, mm -hmm. in the House right now, we've got 99, 95 co-sponsors. Actually, there's a couple more coming mm -hmm. on. I would say probably closer to 98 at this point, co-sponsors of the resolution and about 28 of them are Republicans and the rest are Democrats. It's really very bipartisan. Yeah. Um, so, so any questions on that, Mary? Well, you know, we know the, the um, uh, reauthorization or the um, uh, global meetings are February 2nd. And when do you think, um, if we're working on trying to get members of Congress to sign on, when should, that, when should they be on to be able to make sure they get them on for the February 2nd conference? I mean, the, 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 any time before February 2nd, I think we'll send a message to the administration. They're, they're watching these resolutions. And it, the place where we need the most help right now, though, is actually in the Senate. And, Mary, if you'd like, I'd be happy to sort of tell folks what they can do with our senators. Yes, that'd be great. Why don't you? I know that uh, the two that we have in Michigan would be, um, you know, would be happy about that and, uh, I'm sure we'll sponsor. We've got one on and one hopefully on the way. So yes, why don't you go ahead and do that? Great. So yeah, in the in the Senate, um, we don't have as quite as many members on the resolution, and we're kind of lacking in, uh, Republicans in particular. We do have six Democrats who have agreed to co-sponsor that resolution, but it would be great to get the same number of Republicans on board. But any member of any member of the Senate that we can get in support of this again will help send that message. And what folks can do, and this is simple, I encourage you to put this number in your phone or, or just to keep it handy or memorize it, but this is the Congressional Switchboard number, and that number is 202-224-3121. And if you call that number, they'll ask you to put in your zip code or your state, and then they'll direct you to your senator's office. And basically, if you just want to do the simplest of things, you can just say, hey, you know, I'm calling to... Um, Ask the senator to support global education. Education is very important to me. It allows me to do the things I do in my life, and I don't know what I would do without it. So I'd like the senator to co-sponsor the Global Partnership for Education Resolution. It's S Resolution 286, so Senate Resolution 286. Please co-sponsor that. And so basically you can make it very simple. You can say, I want the senator to co-sponsor Senate Resolution 286, or you can add why education is important to you in the process. Um, and then, and call the, then, then call your other senator. Call back that same number, the 202-224-3121 number, and then call your other senator and leave the same message. Yes, I, I think, think that's, that's, that's a great and I think uh, after you call them, too, you know, if you tell them that you're a constituent of their state for the senator or for their district for the, for the House, um, you know, I'm a constituent, this is my address, and I would like to know what their response is. Could you please get back to me after you've talked to them? I think it's kind of important to make sure there's some way that they know that they need to get back to their constituents. 
That's a good point, Mary. Really good point. So. And then oftentimes they will. Yeah. So, and don't, you know, don't feel bad if they haven't gotten back to you and you want to call them again, you call them again because a lot of times, uh, um, you know, the calls, they get so many calls that sometimes they don't get back to you. And then if you do have have their email address to send an email also, I think a lot of times they seem to see the emails a lot, um, even more. But um, at this point, I think uh, anything will help. And we just need help right now because there's just a couple weeks left for that. And then, of course, there'll be other things that people can do after that. But this one is time-sensitive and... and um, so I'm still calling a couple more members of Congress in Michigan about that, and uh, uh, I hope everybody else will will try that. It's it's a very simple thing to do. Um, the person that answers the phone, you're not going to get the senator or the congressperson, and you know may, way more about what you're talking about even than the person that answers the phone. So um, leaving a short message like that is really pretty easy. It might take two minutes. Absolutely, Mary. So um, some of the things that the Global Partnership for Education uh, will do over three years, I've got like a list. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Um, I could say a couple of things and then certainly um, add in, you know, what you would like to add in there as well, Mary. But, I mean, what they want to do over the, by 2020, essentially they're uh, – their next plan is 18, uh, 2018, 19, and 20. They want to put an additional 25 million children through school during that time, but then also provide additional support for access and quality to over 800 million additional children around the world in, their, in the countries they work mm. with. Um, and, and, and part of that will be training, uh, is it like 1.9 uh, million teachers? Is that what the goal is there, Mary? I've got 1.7 million teachers and building 23,800 classrooms and uh, getting 6.6 .6 million additional children to complete secondary school. Um, those are the statistics I wrote down. And, yeah, the, other, the way that makes the 25 is that there's that number plus 19 and some change oh, okay. uh, million in primary school. And I've got 204 million textbooks. So there's a lot of help there. They are. And I think the, what's interesting to point out, uh, Mary, is that, you know, the money that they're, the, the Global Partnership for Education is trying to raise, the $3.1 billion, may sound like a lot of money, but it re represents only a drop in the bucket to what it costs to actually have these countries um, uh, do their own education. So, you know, GPE asked them to put 20% of their budgets in. But then if you look at the overall percentage of uh, the cost of education that the countries are financing themselves, it typically is between, you know, 80 and 95%. And so, you know, the mm -hmm. GPE need to fill fairly small gaps in funding for these countries where they, you know, might be lacking teachers or classrooms. You know, there's kids sitting under mm -hmm. a tree hundreds of them learning, uh, trying to learn outside under a tree instead of inside a classroom. And, you know, you've got 80 to 100 kids in there, and so they need additional teachers so that they can actually get a little more concentrated learning and that sort of thing. So this is really about filling funding gaps, and it's really not about providing major major financing, but really filling gaps. Mm -hmm. Those countries taking this on 
um, to a large extent themselves, but are really just kind of struggling to 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 get the job done. Mhm. And I know you know the biggest focus is is there's so many more girls not in school, and that is is essential for girls. But it also mentioned that educating boys, there's about 20% less. The boys are 20% less likely to engage. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.